0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: 20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. A podcast. It's the Monday edition of the Packaday Podcast, coming off a preseason opener. Lots to dive into as we start your week. Thanks so much for choosing us at the Packaday Podcast. I'm Alex Strof, hanging out with you this episode alongside my buddy Jacob Westendorf, who you can find on Twitter at Jacob Westendorf. And you were at the preseason opener, Jake. Uh, obviously, not a not a win, but not as a, a heart of a loss to deal with like it was a regular season game
2: (laughs) no uh and it's it was kind of cool it was a nice little atmosphere of having some fans in the stands people cheered when they did something good people groaned when they did something bad you know it was a semblance of of normalcy yeah being in the stadium where you know last year i was lucky enough to be in the stadium a couple times and Couple games didn't have any fans, and it was it was very weird. It was very eerie walking around an empty stadium with just the 106 players on each side and the coaching staffs. It was nice. It was good to see Jordan Love back there, and uh, it was good to see you know some of these guys trying to fight for some roster spots.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. We'll get the Jordan Love in a second uh, as he is now listed as day to day. We'll react to that in just a bit. But some other roster news or roster non-news rather from Sunday as. Is- General Manager Brian Gutekunst met with the media. He says they have not discussed going to get Clay Matthews, like Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb and David Bakhtiari have suggested that the Packers go out and do on their Instagram story. I can't even talk about this without laughing. It's so goofy. The only thing, the only way Clay Matthews should come back to Green Bay, Jacob, is on a one-day contract to retire. Uh, But Brian Gutekunst pretty much confirmed that they had no interest on Sunday.
2: Yeah. And I love clay. You know, when it comes to my Mount Rushmore of favorite Packer players in my, you know, in my lifetime, clay Matthews is absolutely on it. Yeah. That being said, I mean, I made a, I made a comment about please bring him back. But like, I was mostly kidding playing to the fandom side of things. Yes. It's not a smart move by any stretch. It's not something that Matthews isn't going to come in most likely and play that fourth edge rusher role play special teams and play for the vet minimum, you know, Matthews is one of those players that you hit a certain point in your career where your name alone means you command a certain salary and a certain role. If you're going to, you know, I was joked when I was, uh, when I used to umpire youth baseball, I do say, man, I don't even roll out of bed for less than $50 a game because <laughs> um, I've done it for 10 years. I wasn't going to, you know, I'm not going to do it for whatever they pay you now or whatever they were paying at that point. So Matthews is one of those guys. What's the point? are you going to even roll out of bed for less than a couple million bucks, which the Packers probably shouldn't be paying, you know, is he, is he at this stage of his career better than Tipa Galay or Jonathan Garvin? And those are the kinds of guys you'd be talking about. The answer is probably not. I mean, you haven't played football yeah. in a full year. That's a long time.
1: No, no doubt about it. But uh, if anybody's looking for an overpaid umpire, you know where to find Jacob Westendorf. Overpaid,
2: as, uh... That's right, like <laughs> my friend. So I am perfectly standard.
1: Doesn't even roll out of bed for fifty dollars. That's not a story I thought I'd hear today. But (laughs) we're talking Clay Matthews now. Look at I look at it this way, Jacob. Right? Like you, you you absolutely hit it on the head. Where you know the 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 name commands a certain salary. Uh, You know the the accolades command a certain salary. I, I just don't see a way where he comes in and is happy. Uh, and, I'm, I, 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 again, I, I think there's no reason to go out and get a guy like that unless it's on a one-day contract. So it's a non-story, like I called it before. But uh, funny to hear that that was brought up at the post-preseason opener press conference for General Manager Brian Gutekunst. Now, the real story from Sunday is Jordan Love, considered day-to-day, went out at the end of that first half uh, from the preseason game on Saturday, did not return in the second half and is considered day-to-day with a shoulder injury. He may miss the Jets game, is what's being reported right now. So uh, nothing confirmed, but it sounds like it it will be uh, a game-time decision or close to it for Jordan Love this upcoming week when the Packers take on the Jets at Lambeau Field on Saturday. So, Jacob, the takeaway of Love being day-to-day, obviously this is a preseason where you want this kid getting every rep he can, and this obviously throws a pretty big wrench into
2: it. Yeah, I'm guessing shadow GM Aaron Rodgers saw the pass from Jordan Love up the seam to Jay Sternberger, which was as pretty as it got the entire night and and got a little scared. So he was telling, you know, Guru Co. to make sure he sits on the... No, I'm kidding. But uh, (laughs) it's a bummer. You know, it is. I I was initially upset when I saw Bankert was coming out for the third quarter. And I'm going to come across as like disrespectful or whatever it is to Kurt Bankert. But I just, I have no desire to see him play. He's I'm with you. He's never going to be the starting quarterback of the Packers unless they're just in absolute dire straits. I think Jordan Love should play every second of this preseason. Now, something that clearly they're not going to do is they're not going to play their guys. They sat 30 players last night. They sat their first, second and third string, if you will. One's already injured, but they're left tackles they and Yosh Nieman playing left tackle last night. And that's not an ideal situation. Uh, they've got some guys that are competing for roster spots along the front of the offensive line, and they're just going to mix and match, and Love's going to have to play with Amari Rodgers and Devin Funches and Jay Sternberger and, and make this thing work, and maybe that's helpful. Maybe it's not. It remains to be seen, but I hope that he's out there. Like, Tuesday is their next practice, so I hope he's out there Tuesday, and I hope he's out there for those practices against the Jets, and I hope he's out there on Saturday because these are my hope for Jordan Love, and I've said this all preseason, is actually even all off season, is that he plays every preseason game, gets all those reps, and then I never see another snap of him until February when the Packers have won the Super Bowl and it doesn't matter anymore. So if that's your hope, missing one of those games—that's one third of the games that you hope he plays this yeah. season—and these are huge reps for love. The Packers are going to be making a decision at the end of this season about who their quarterback is going to be for the next four to five years. And it's going to be really hard to do that. If let's just say loves day to day, misses a game and then say he has a setback or something like that and isn't able to play. Now you're going to be making a decision based on one, potentially on one preseason game and a lot of practice time. These are games you saw love. He got better. He got more comfortable throughout the course of the game on Saturday night. He needs those reps. He needs to be able to use a phrase from Mike McCarthy, stack those successes and learn from his failures of which there were a couple on Saturday as well.
1: Yeah, totally. Look, I mean, this is one of the biggest preseason storylines. I remember maybe in the last, I don't know, 20 years of the ever? green Bay Packers. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is the biggest showcase that a player has ever had the opportunity to shine. Uh, and Jordan love could potentially miss one of those three dates. As you mentioned, that's scary in the worst case scenario. If this sets an out, For the entirety of the preseason, which I don't think is the expectation, but absolute worst case scenario, if that's the case, I mean, you're shooting blind then uh, with what you're looking at potentially for the 2022 season. So it's a big stage for Jordan Love. Hopefully this comes out and he's able to go with the Jets when they, uh, you know, do their co-practices starting Wednesday in Green Bay. It's concerning, Jacob, but I'm I'm happy to hear it's nothing more severe, right? A day-to-day designation is uh, a heck of a lot better than the rest of them. So we'll, we'll take it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you prefer that to, you know, torn shoulder ligament needs labrum surgery, which is like a death <laughs> sentence for the shoulder. Haven't watched enough baseball. I know the rotator cuffs, the labrums, all those injuries are different. Uh, obviously in some more severe than the other. So it's nice to hear that he's just a little dinged to use Matt LaFleur's phrasing. I'd rather him be out there as soon as possible. So hopefully, like you said, he's able to go, even if he just misses Tuesday and is able to practice Wednesday, Thursday and play on Saturday. And, you know, honestly with him missing, they said he would have played the third quarter if he hadn't gotten hurt on that last series there. Yeah. So, I what I would do and nobody asked I'm not the coach and thank your god or whoever it is you talk to on the side that I am every one of them not the coach uh, yeah exactly thank everybody I am not the coach but I would play him the entire game on Saturday then he missed his development time here's your chance to do just that we're making up for some lost time that way
1: Yeah look I mean if the expectation or or you know the the need and want of Jordan Love this preseason from the Packers coaching staff is not to play at least one entire game I'd be shocked and obviously you don't want him getting uh getting hurt like obviously happened in the first game you don't want that to happen again but you need to see everything this kid's got and, and while I still remain in the court that I think Jordan Love has all the tools to be a very successful NFL quarterback uh, this is still precious precious development time and that's why I'm calling it the biggest storyline the biggest showcase we've seen in Packers training camp and Packers preseason and years decades if not ever so uh this has been a lot of fun to watch but th- this makes it uh, a little bit less fun to watch with him sidelined at least for some of this week but we'll continue to keep an eye on that here at the pack of podcast as uh we talk every day we talk all packers every single day uh so jordan love you mentioned he was out there playing with devin Funches. he didn't have too bad of a saturday devin Funches did not six receptions 70 yards and a long of 18 on eight targets. So, I mean, he was out there and he tied for, or he tied with Malik Taylor for the most offensive snap. Another receiver looking to make the roster. So, Jacob and I have decided to take a little bit of a deep dive into the wide receiver depth chart, what we think it will play out on. If Saturday's nice game, as I mentioned, from Devin Funches has any effect on maybe how we think that will shake out. But this has been one of the top storylines we've taken a look at quite a few times over the course of training camp and even, uh, back in the off season. So, uh, Jacob, I guess, where do you want to start? You want to start with who we absolutely know is safe, right? I mean, Devontae Adams, obviously safe.
2: Really?
1: Now, yeah, really. I know that's He's the good. Most, okay. I,
2: heard. The most, I wasn't sure though.
1: Most shocking thing you'll hear me say today. Uh, Alan Lazard safe. MBS yep. safe. Yep. Amari Rogers safe. That's four. Yep. And then Randall, Randall Cobb. Cobb safe. Five.
2: Yeah, Man. and they didn't even play. I was wondering if it was possible, if maybe they did like a surprise kind of cut with one of Lazard or MBS or something like that, if they just really liked Funches and say they value the special teams of Malik Taylor or they just only wanted to keep five receivers. Right. But with Lazard and MBS, and if you were inactive last night, here's a newsflash, guys. Except for a couple you know, exceptions, like Equinemius St. Brown and, and some players like that, they're making the team. Those guys are making the team. So Lazard and MVS and those dudes, those guys are making the team. So those five are safe. I think it's just a matter of if they keep six, which at the beginning of camp, I did not think they would do. And now I'm starting to lean towards they will. And it's just a matter of, do they value the special teams of Malik Taylor? Because him as a receiver, meh, I know he returned kicks last year. I was never impressed with him with the ball in his hands at any stage like that. And or do they value the fact that Devin Funchess is one of three players on this team with an 800-yard receiving season? Funchess had one, obviously, in Carolina. <laughs> Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb being the others. Jawan Winfrey's hurt. Can't make the club in the tub, as they always say. Equinemius St. <laughs> Brown is in the same situation. So I really do, as of right now, unless those guys can just get back onto the field immediately, think right now it's down to Funchess or Malik Taylor, and it's for a sixth wide receiver spot. So that's,
1: you know, you kind of breezed over it, but I I do want to point out, you know, Aquinavius St. Brown, a guy maybe, I don't know, Jacob, three weeks ago we thought was pretty, could have been safe, definitely knew he was on the border, on the fence, but it's a guy that we probably could have made a better case for three weeks ago than we can today in EQ. So it's too bad. I I really thought, I was. I've always been on his bandwagon. I really thought there was a potential he would be, a really special talent in Green Bay, one of Aaron Rodgers' new favorite targets. And it seems to, it seems to be the case that that will not be the case. I could be St. Brand won't be uh, on the Packers' regular season roster, I don't believe. So I think that's uh, just about a foregone conclusion. But there is still two games to make up some of that room. So I, it ain't over till it's over, but it ain't looking good. But as you mentioned, Devin Funches, Malik Taylor, each bring a couple different things. Now, did Devin Funches move the move the line at all on Saturday? Did he make that good of a case where maybe, yeah, you know, you'd take him over Malik Taylor or over only keeping five wide receivers?
2: I think he did. You know, the question you're gonna have with Funches is obviously last year a COVID opt-out, he had his reasons, and I, I admire them for what that was, but he missed a year of football that way. That's just the reality of that of that choice that was made. And again, he did the right thing for him. So good for him in that case, the year before, obviously broke his collarbone when he was in Indianapolis and missed the entire season. So he essentially hasn't played football in two years. What you're looking at is, is the rust too much? Has he lost so much? And to me, I didn't think so. I thought he looked like he was in tip top shape. I thought he looked impressive on the field, moving. He looked smooth. And frankly, there were a couple of targets, like you mentioned, where he didn't have any favors done to him. One of his, targets was Jordan love went the wrong way, the play action <laughs> shot play, which if the, if the play action pass is executed properly, maybe we're looking at, you know, a seventh catch and a, several more yards and a touchdown on that kind of thing. But instead it turned into love kind of throwing one up for grabs after a broken play where love admittedly said he panicked. So I, I admire the, the honesty from the young quarterback in that case, but, You know, he made a nice one-handed grab. Again, that was a ball that probably needs to be on him a little bit better. The ball placement could be better in that case. But I thought he looked good in limited action. Again, we're talking preseason snaps against the the old joke from Major League Two. I remember Rube Baker is standing next to Lou Brown, the manager, and (laughs) – he said, Willie Mays Hayes hits a home run. He goes, wow, Willie's really got some power. <laughs> Back to him and says, off a guy that'll be bagging groceries in a couple weeks. That's just the reality of what we're dealing with. Right. There are some guys that are playing for the Texans last night that Funchess was playing against. They're going to be bagging groceries in a couple weeks.
1: No, yeah, no, you're definitely not wrong. I mean, that was certainly not one of the uh, the best rosters in football or certainly is not one of the best rosters in football. In fact, probably one of the worst, so. Uh, but they, they still won the game. Let's not forget that part. They still beat the, uh, the grocery baggers of Houston still beat the grocery baggers of green Bay. Jacob, let's keep that in mind. There is a scoreboard.
2: (laughs) There is. Yeah, that's true. But But the nice part is in three weeks, it all cleans the slate again. We're all back to
1: normal. I cannot wait. Thank goodness. I'm really looking forward to getting to some regular season football, man, though. I'll tell you what though, Jacob, when that, that early, uh, you know, second quarter touchdown—the only points of the game for the Packers. I tweeted it out on Saturday, but I man, did I miss watching the Packers score touchdowns? It was really cool to see, as as you alluded to a bit earlier, all the fans back in Lambeau Field, jam-packed, reacting, doing the wave while they were on offense. That's beside the point. Uh, but it was good to see the fans back, and it was good to see the Packers back scoring touchdowns. That's uh, that's one of the one of the few positives that I love keeping track of during the preseason. I, uh, I missed them watch, or watching them score touchdowns.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
2: Oh, yeah, I'm with you. You know, Bang the Drum was playing in the stadium. It was kind of cool. You know, that was the first touchdown scored by the Packers since the NFC Championship game. That's and I'm trying to remember one. if who scored the last one. It must have been Robert Tunyon. I'm thinking, or maybe I'm off on that. But it was Adams. I lied. Devontae had a touchdown on a slant. But still, that's beside the point. That game never happened. <laughs> as
1: as I agree. But I agree. It,
2: it is nice to have, yeah, guys playing games, scoring touchdowns. And I'll tell you, the touchdown was nice. Kylan Hill looked really good on that play. Josh Myers down the field, you love to see that from your new starting center. Lucas Patrick, somebody competing for a job. And those are the kinds of things. This is why the preseason matters. And I know, Alex, you were just saying you were looking forward to regular season football, and I am too. But there are guys right now, and I know I made the joke about guys bagging groceries, but this is the only opportunity some of them have to put film on tape. right? And some guys then get a job off of that film that is now on tape. So when people talk about torching the preseason completely, I could not be less in favor of a move like that. I'm actually still pretty pissed that they added a regular season game and took away a preseason game. One, I thought 16 was a perfect set of pre or games for the regular season for you could talk me into. It was one too many. I could certainly be talked into that, but I think when we talk about, whether preseason's useful or not, we're looking at it through the lens of Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and, and Jair Alexander. And do players like that need the preseason? No. But I just mentioned 30 guys sat out last night. That means 60 of them played. And a few of the other guys, it was probably closer to like 65 guys, still need an opportunity to put stuff on film, still need an opportunity to do things and get a job. You know, you talk about like someone with a similar story, like Dominique Daphne. Got yeah. a job on a tryout video. This wasn't a preseason thing, but what if the what if a player is similar to that, doesn't get a chance to practice, doesn't get a chance to play in the preseason? That's something we may never know, and those are some of the best stories. So I will get off my soapbox, I promise, but the preseason is absolutely necessary. If you don't like it, don't watch it.
1: Fair enough. There's uh, there's your Westendorf rant for, for your Monday. Uh, look, I, I agree with you. I think the preseason absolutely is necessary for players, what, 40, 45 through 53. And it's important in terms of getting the film on tape for guys that want to go out and get a job. Absolutely agree with that. But not the most entertaining to the, uh, to the casual fan. But you and I probably don't fall into that category. One more thing from Saturday's game I want to ask you about before we look ahead. To the upcoming week. Uh, you mentioned Kylan Hill. He looked solid. Would you already say that the running back three debate is over, or is there still some time in that debate? Obviously, Dexter Williams in that conversation as well.
2: Yeah, there's time because you know it's not like I think it could have been as simple as like if Kylan Hill popped a kickoff return and it's like, okay, now the Packers are first and ten at the opponent's 30. That's done. he won that job right, but that didn't happen. uh the Packers special teams looked a lot like last year's special teams unit. yes, they was did not great obviously uh, a lot a long time to go, a lot of way a lot of a lot of time left to uh decide and shake those things out, but that didn't look great. I would say there's still time you know Dexter Williams did well in the fourth quarter, I think. I've made the comment, I think Dexter Williams is going to have to rush for a thousand yards in the preseason for the Packers to give him serious consideration. <laughs> it's just hard to gauge the running game on Saturday because they just, I was so disappointed with the offensive line play. And I've somebody who's talked up the depth on this offensive line. And I like guys like John Runyon Jr. and Ben Braden and some of these other guys that played along the front. And none of Matt LaFleur said at halftime, we have to block a hell of a lot better than we did in the first half and the Packers, they just couldn't run the ball at all. And I know that could be a byproduct of the fact they're playing one, maybe two starters on the offensive line, but you definitely don't like to see John Runyon Jr. getting de by second level defenders, which is something no, you did that absolutely happened on, on Saturday night. And Runyon is one of those guys that, you know, he's got supposed to, well, he's supposed to have some of his dad in him. And his dad was as mean and nasty as they came when he played for the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm not saying he doesn't have that by any stretch, but you definitely hope for a much better performance from him and the entire offensive line going through this week.
1: No doubt about it. I'm, I'm totally with you. A lot of positional battles and, and, you know, waiver wire. I don't know if that's the right term. I'm, I'm thinking more fantasy football, but guys that are on the fence of whether or not they'll make the roster. And it's really getting to that period, right? I mean, we, we talked about it before we started recording, Jacob. This is the last week of public practices in green bay there's only four more opportunities uh, to catch the packers practice two of those being with the new york jets uh publicly in green bay so it's already getting down to the wire where uh, jobs are on the line certainly and that's been uh that's that's still something we've got to keep an eye on especially this week though as uh, there will be fans in the stands at ray nitsky field uh for the last or for the last time This preseason. Now, another positional battle that tightened on Saturday and is going to play into this week and Saturday's game against the Jets might be the sexiest battle the Packers have, Jacob. Punters are people, too, as the great Rich Eisen says. (laughs) As the great Rich Eisen says. Ryan Winslow, J.K. Scott uh, battling it out. Both got three opportunities to sweep the leg on Saturday. Do you view Winslow as the front runner right
2: now? No. um, I think that battle's close. I hate punters. I hate kickers. Maybe it's from my playing days. I don't know. But that was (laughs) 10 years ago. So I should probably let go of that. But I hate talking about special teams, kickers and punters specifically. But I'm so uh, glad we got here. That's okay. Uh, You know, as far as what it's important, obviously, you know, the Packers' punt team last year was piss poor, and J.K. Scott was certainly part of that. Uh, I have long been on the train of just because somebody coined the phrase and it looks really cool to call your punter the weapon doesn't actually make him a weapon. And J.K. Scott has, to my knowledge, one signature moment. And it was a hell of a moment on opening night against Chicago that one season where he kicked the ball a million yards and pinned them inside the 10. That was awesome. He stunk otherwise. So when it comes to finding a punter. I'm not asking for you know Shane Luckler and Marquette King or some of these other guys that have been you know really good punters in this league. I don't need Ray Guy, the Hall of Fame punter back there. Average replacement level is that too much to ask? You know, don't kick the ball 20 yards in a playoff game. Be able to kick the ball in the cold, which is frankly when J.K. Scott has struggled the most. As far as who I think the front runner is, that was your question yes. before I started talking about how much I hate punters. Is they hate you too. It's I, fine. They do. And that's fine. I hate myself also. So it's completely. <laughs> oh, wow. It's <This> but... <laughs> got dark. Happy Monday, everybody. <laughs> um, I think that JK Scott is somebody who's going to get like the draft pick benefit of the doubt. I called this like the Josh Jackson before the 53 man roster stuff. You know, my prediction at the beginning of it was I just think Jackson right now, I'll give the benefit of the doubt to the guy they drafted. As opposed and drafted in the second round, he had that pedigree as opposed to somebody else. As of right now, uh, Jackson, I don't think makes the team. But J.K. Scott, I think he gets the edge because he was a Gudukunst pick. And frankly, at least I pray to God that the Packers' Super Bowl hopes are not going to hinge on whether or not they pick the wrong punter.
1: Yeah, you know, and that's the thing the the inconsistency costs you games at the punter position, which. I understand why you hate talking about it because it is the intricacies of football, but it's also important, right? I mean, like I said, the inconsistencies can cost you games. I think maybe we can talk about maybe not costing the Packers games, but J.K. Scott has certainly put them in uh, not fun positions, if you will. So the battle between him and Ryan Winslow, an interesting one. Winslow had a long of 53 on Saturday, which was the longest punt for either of them. So, uh, of note, whatever you want to take away from that, you can, but certainly something to keep an eye on as we roll on Packers training camp and preseason two games left. Like I said, only four public practices left. Jacob, what are you looking for this week? The final week of public practices is your eye on anything in particular.
2: Uh, Jordan love, but I mean, that's obvious. That's going to be the case regardless. Uh, you know, I, I love the, um, conjoined or what do they call them jointed practices? I
1: think that's it. Yes, there it is. I stumbled uh, through that earlier. Yeah.
2: I love those. And I know (laughs) Matt LaFleur said somebody, so not everybody does. Uh, He was definitely referring to Aaron Rodgers when he said that, and he kind of chuckled a little bit through that, but I love (laughs) them. Uh, I think that, you know, you get controlled reps for, this is how the Packers get preseason reps if you will i'm doing quote fingers as if you guys can see me but that's how you get preseason reps for your starters that's how rogers and adams are going to get reps against guys josh myers is going to go against quinn and williams that's going to be cool that's fun zach wilson against this packers defense you know wilson number two overall pick shouldn't have been picked in the first 10 picks because justin fields and trey lance were better but what the hell do i know Thanks a lot, the Jets. You had the power to keep Justin Fields out of Chicago, and you chose the Yeah, country. right. If this dude goes to the Hall of Fame, I will never forgive the New York Jets. The New York Mets <laughs> of the NFL are the New York Jets. And it's not just because the names rhyme. Ask somebody from New York. They'll tell you the same thing. But <laughs> anyways... As far as what I'm looking forward to, aside from, you know, Jordan Love and some of those battles with the starters and stuff like that, it's just who stands out. And, you know, does Oren Burks put together back-to-back performances like he had? You know, that was a big one. Can the Packers find – how does Eric Stokes do against somebody else? You know, he's been going against Devontae Adams, but, you know, now it's going from – he's going from calculus to maybe like algebra two. You know, something a little less – it's still difficult because it's the NFL, but something like that. Kevin King, does he get back on the field? Does Zadarius Smith get back on the field? He's been working his way back through everything. So just trying to find who's going to stand out and who's going to be those guys to make a push for the roster spot. Cause like you said, after this week, I don't know what the, you know, what everything's going to look like as far as media coverage in terms of practices and stuff like that. If they're not open to the public, are they going to be open to the media and are they going to allow, are we going to see the timeline of preseason camp, you know, tweets, which Frankly, I know everybody complains about them, but I need those like I need oxygen. To to work there. It's incredible from 10 a.m. till about noon, and going through all that stuff. So, who stands out? Who are the names jumping through? That's the biggest thing for me when uh, when they come in with with a different team coming in too.
1: Yeah, definitely in agreement. I, I will also keep my eyes on whether or not we'll have a brawl between the Jets and Packers because it doesn't seem. Yeah, I was gonna say I might just be crazy, but it seems every time two teams get together for those jointed practices some sort of crazy brawl breaks out that, uh, does not allow them to do it again, maybe the next day, or they just end up practice early or I don't know. I always, uh, I will I,
2: say this: something that makes me a little less confident in my, there will be a brawl is just the fact that LaFleur and Robert Sala, the coach for the jets are, they won't take it. Yeah, and, exactly. And they're really good friends. So it'll be very well understood between those two. Now, granted, Just because the coach says something doesn't mean everybody adheres to that. That's also true. That's understandable. One other name I did want to throw out for something I was watching. Jay Sternberger. Jay said a big night, obviously, the other night. It's one of those. It was a bigger night that kind of got lost in the shuffle. But I love the idea of seeing him. If the Packers can find somebody that can stretch the seam, and that's not to say Tunyon can't do that. That's just not his strongest point. I really do. I'm really excited for the potential. Two tight end package the Packers could have after the first two games this year with with Tunyon and Sternberger just potentially wreaking havoc on opposing defenses.
1: Love it. Yeah, definitely a solid game from Jace uh, dealing with the suspension early in the regular season, but certainly a guy that uh, should make the roster and made a better case for that on Saturday. So definitely another guy to keep an eye on, number 87. Good call on that. He is Jacob Westendorf. You can find him on Twitter at Jacob Westendorf. Thanks for filling in, buddy. Always good to chat with you.
2: Yeah, it was fun. Uh, maybe we should do this more often. I don't know. That's just, uh, what do they call it? A subliminal message to the Podfather. I'm winking, Andy. You can't see me.
1: So. Hey, Podfather. I <laughs> love it. He's Jacob Westendorf. I'm Alex Drup. This has been your Packing a podcast for Monday. Have a great week. See ya.